want to share something with you that we did last year. If you remember, we had a verse for the year, and it was Psalms 46.10. Do y'all remember that? And it was, be still and know that I am God. And, you know, when I got that verse at the first of the year, you know, I said, that's such a simple verse. I'm not even sure what all's in that verse It's so simple, and everybody knows it, and everybody's heard it. But throughout the year, several people posted that verse as a verse. Some of you have seen it. There's even a a lady that does an in-depth study of it online that I listened to. It was so good. But this is is what um, I had written down for this verse. And this is going to ring so true. It does for me. It starts with be still. And this is what it says. Stop talking. Switch off your phone. Stop commenting. Listen. Stop arguing. Stop questioning. And stop moaning. All of that is in be still. And no is stop doubting. Be sure. Have faith. And no second opinions. And then the best part is I am. God is almighty. God is in control. God is love. God is king. God is my hope. He's my rock. And he's my fortress. God is ever-present in in when you need help and in times of trouble. God is my Father. He's my shepherd, and he will lead me. He'll nourish me. He'll protect me, and he'll restore me. Amen? Be still and know that I'm God is not just a simple verse, is it? It's packed full of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray over the offering this morning. Let me just pray with you. Father, we just thank you for the giving. Father, that we know it supplies every need of our church. Father, we know that you are a good God. And not only do you supply our needs, Lord, but you supply the church and our community and all that's around us, Lord. We know that you're the provider of that. Father, we just thank you in this season of Christmas that, Father, our needs are met, whatever they may be, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Praise God. I hope everybody had a uh, good Thanksgiving. Seems like that was a few days ago, amen, but I had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you did too. Uh, God's moving. Let me read to you this morning. When really important people come to town, everyone knows it. NBA stadiums sell out months before LeBron shows up for a game. When celebrities do a personal appearance, hundreds of fans will show up hours ahead of time. If the president were to visit our city, excuse me, we can be sure that our mayor would meet him at the airport and school children would have flowers for the first lady. But the Christmas story shows us God does things differently. You might even call his way a little sneaky. 
the most important person in the history of the world, snuck into town late one night and definitely did not stay in a five-star hotel. Jesus was smuggled into Bethlehem through the womb of a teenage girl who gave birth in a barn. We all know the story of Christmas, the baby, the barn, the shepherds, the magi, Hidden inside that familiar story is the surprising revelation that God's way is to ignore the big shots and use nobodies or ordinary people instead. Let's just count those ordinary people. Mary. Mary was a teenage girl from a small town. In Bible times, women were not important people. And teenagers were even lower on the scale. Mix in her premarital pregnancy, and you've got a real nobody on your hands. But Mary was God's choice. She conceived the baby Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. God considered her somebody important and gave her a pretty tough assignment. Joseph. Joseph was a nobody also. He was just a working man across town from Mary's family. He was faced with a choice between trusting God or protecting his small-town reputation. But reputations belong to important people, and most of the important people were in Jerusalem. Joseph said yes. He said yes to shame, yes to love, yes to God. So God chose Joseph to act as a stepfather to the Savior of the world. Shepherds. Shepherds are not important people. They are just the opposite. They're second shift outside workers. Back in that day, watching sheep was not exactly a rock star gig. Yet they were there, and they were the first guests invited to the celebration. I love that. The Magi, they were nothing more than rich pagan astrologers. It didn't matter if they had money. They were foreigners. Foreigners have the wrong religion, the wrong clothes, and the wrong sacred book. Elizabeth and Zachariah, a kindly old couple engaged in a harmless religious activity. They're the kind of people that society ignores unless maybe they're driving too slow on the highway. Anna and Simeon, alone and elderly, they were two people almost completely invisible to everyone, everyone except the Holy Spirit. One and all, God used people on the outside of society. Here's the secret message inside our Christmas story. God invites the nobodies. He invites the ordinary. And when God invites you to the table, he provides everything you need. Let me read that again. When God invites you to the table, he provides everything you need. The powerful people, the beautiful people, and the cool kids might not make it to the celebration. Oh, they're welcome, but they might be too busy building their own kingdoms. Meanwhile, God's kingdom is filling up with the people no one notices. This season, if you're a nobody, if you feel like you're ordinary, rejoice. You are not far from the kingdom of God. Luke 1, 26 Now in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. 
the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who's to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Do you mind if I read that again? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Last Sunday <clears throat> was the beginning of the season of Advent. And the season of Advent goes from the first, the last Sunday with Thanksgiving to December 24th. And the word Advent means coming. And what it basically means is we're waiting for the coming of Christ. Now, we know Jesus came 2,000 years ago. We're 2,000 years past that event. But once every 12 months, we spend a month focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ and on his first coming. And there's supposed to be an anticipation, a reflection, a God stirring in your heart. And I know that's asking a lot in December, right? Okay, one of the things that we're supposed to do during Advent is wait. Listen, we're terrible at waiting. Okay, I'm terrible at waiting. Uh, we uh, think about what the internet has done to us, what social media has done to us. You know, if the computer's loading and it takes longer than 15 seconds, I'm mad. Okay. We don't want to wait for anything. So then when the preacher gets up on Sunday in December and says, Hey, I want you to take some time in the month of December to reflect. I want you to take some time and to wait and think about the first coming of Christ. It's like, come on, pastor. Are you kidding me? I mean, I've got a thousand things to do. You know, yesterday here in town, there's uh, it's the first Saturday of December, and in town, there's lots of activities, a lot of fun things. We had a great day yesterday, and it started with breakfast with Santa, and it ends with the uh, parade. The First Baptist Church did a drive-through nativity scene, and it was all amazing and all fun, but it's like the day is filled with activity, and it's good activity. It's not bad activity, but our days end up filled with activity. We always joke. It's thank It's Halloween. It's Thanksgiving, and it's Christmas. And it seems like those days just fly by in our life, and then we'll be slammed right into January and right into 2023. So I want to ask you to do something. I want you to make an effort to take some time this month. Now, one of the ways I'd like for you to do that is I'm on the YouVersion Bible app. We talk about it all the time. You may not be on the YouVersion Bible app. But I'd like to encourage you 
<clears throat> to find an Advent or a Christmas devotional. I found one online that I'm using, and it's 25 days long. Uh, if you're on the YouVersion Bible app, you can put in Advent, you can put in Christmas, and it will literally pull up dozens of devotionals that have to do with this season. Now, I have daily Bible reading that I do every day year-round, and I have things that I read, and you may too, and I personally am not going to suspend the things that I read otherwise. I'm just going to add this in, but I want to say to you, if that's too much for you, if you feel like, hey, pastor, you're asking me to add another devotional to what I already do, what if you just went ahead and put those other things aside for the month and you just focused on the Christmas season, you focused on the birth of Christ, and you did a devotional the rest of this month and uh, focused on the Advent season and allow yourself a time of reflection, allow yourself a time of prayer, allow yourself to think about what God has done for you and I through Jesus Christ. Now, there's another thing Advent means. It means to anticipate something anticipate. Now, Jesus has already come. We're 2,000 years past that. But Jesus also said, I'm coming again. I taught a few weeks ago on rewards. I hope you remembered that series. It was one of my favorite times of, I loved preaching that, and I loved studying it. Uh, we, Vicky and Miss Vicky and I got to go to Lifehouse Fellowship in Midland a few weeks ago, and I preached there, and I preached on rewards, and uh, I felt sorry for those people because I took a four-week series and put it in one service. And so so they got a four-week series in one service, and uh, I, I loved studying that and talking about rewards. And in the last chapter of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the last uh, verses, really literally like the last six or seven verses in the book of Revelation, Jesus says this. He says, I'm coming soon and I'm bringing my reward with me. Now, I read that verse to you and I know some of you probably remember that, but that verse so ministers to me. I'm coming soon and when I get here, I'm bringing my reward with me. Now listen, he, he didn't say, I'm bringing judgment. Hey, I'm coming back and I'm ticked, right? And I've got my paddle with me. <clears throat> you know, we have a paddle uh, in our house in one of the bottom kitchen drawers that I used to use on my children when they were growing up. And, you know, we would spank them. And uh, I was cleaning out a drawer the other day, uh, going through some drawers, and Ashley happened to be there with Sabri, and she was trying to get Sabri to do something, and, and it just kind of all fell together perfectly. And, uh, and about the time she was telling her, you know, I'm, I'm going to spank you and all this stuff, you know, you know how we are. And I reached in and pulled that paddle out. And Sabri was like, oh, my Lord. I mean, you know, yeah. She, she looked at that thing, and, it, and it, is, it is pretty good size. And it's not huge, but and, and she just looked at me like, oh, my gosh, you, you used that on my mother, right? I mean, it was like it, it ever, everything fell together perfectly. <clears throat> and and it, it, you know, it made her think, oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, I'm grandparents, so I don't have to spank them, thank God. Amen. Amen. I, I, I whip my kids, but not my grandkids. Amen. Jesus said, I'm coming with reward. <clears throat> so here's what I'm wanting to ask you to think about. You and I live in between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Uh, whenever we travel, uh, you may have said this in your family, you know, the kids would say, you know, are we there yet? 
and we'd say, well, we're a lot closer than we were when we started. I can remember going places with Jim Bob Barnes. Many of y'all know Jim Bob, and he would always say that. He would always say, hey, we're closer than we were when we started. Okay, I believe we're closer to the end than we were when we started. I believe we're closer to the second coming of Christ than we are to the first coming of Christ. The, the world has journeyed 2,000 years. So two things I want to ask you to do this Christmas season and is just take a minute and think about what God's done in your life, what he's doing in your life, and to reflect on the first coming of Christ, but then to look ahead and say, Lord, we know you're coming again and you're going to set up your kingdom. Now, you know, the world thinks that's the craziest thing they've ever heard. And I've told this story before, years ago, before Miss Vicki and I even met, before we got married, I worked at a place in Amarillo, Texas, and we were talking church and God and Jesus. Now, I'm not a preacher. I hadn't been to Bible school, none of that. I'm just a kid. And and they were talking about Jesus coming. And commonly in the circles I grew up in, that was called the rapture. And so we were talking about the rapture. And one of the men that was there looked at me and kind of scorned and scowled at me a little bit. And he said, oh, everybody needs a rapture. And it was negative to him. But listen, Jesus said, I'm coming back. I'm coming. And I'm coming with reward. And I'm going to set up my kingdom. And it says in Revelation, there'll be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more crying. That'll all be wiped away. And it says that if you have tears, that Jesus himself is going to wipe away your tears. And there'll be tears of joy and not sadness. So what's Christmas about? It's about reflecting on Jesus coming the first time, and it's about reflecting that he's coming the second time. So what if you just took a little time, find you a devotional this afternoon, okay? Uh, If you took a few minutes this afternoon, jump on your computer, whatever, and look up uh, devotionals, Advent devotionals, Christmas devotionals, look them up, find you one, uh, find one that you like, and you may not know what you like until you jump into it, and then spend a few days, spend this month faithfully just looking and going through that and reflecting and take time to pray, take time to think about Christmas and, and all that it means to you. Now, let me say one more thing. I already said this. I use this word. The word is season. Okay, Christmas is not a day. Now, I know there is Christmas Day, but Christmas is not just a day, it's a season. And so it's not about trying to get everything you want out of Christmas in one day, because that's foolish. But it's about walking these next few days, about walking these next few weeks and thanking God for Jesus. Thank you for coming the first time. Thank you for doing what you've done for me. And thank you that you're coming again And Lord, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to your return. Amen? Amen. Would you let me pray for you this morning? Father God, I want to thank you this morning for the Christmas season. And Lord, my heart this morning is that every person in this service, as we move through December, that their hearts would be turned to you. That they would reflect on your love, reflect on your mercy, reflect on your grace. And that, Father God, we would not only remember you came the first time, but that we would remember you're coming again and we live in between those two events. Father God, my prayer is, is that you would fill December in our hearts and in our lives. 
you'd fill this Christmas season with your life and with your love. That our families would be strengthened and encouraged. And Lord, it would be a good Christmas. It'd be a blessed Christmas. It'd be a holy Christmas. And that God, your hand is on our families. Father God, I'm thankful for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Praise God. Would y'all stand up?